This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I'm your host and political marshmallow, Kobe Monaco, And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts and political clouds, Diane and Tatton. How are you guys doing today? Oh, hi, Kobe. Very much cumulonimbus vibes. Is that the right one? That's the one everyone knows, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? That's the totally. one everyone knows. In the post-Harry Potter world. <laughs> yeah. This is strong. Cumulonimbus. I, I couldn't have done that. I just said, looking a bit like a rabbit. Like that's as far as I go with cloud knowledge. Oh, it's a funny old week though. Tatton said to me on the um, work chat yesterday, you sort of don't know what day it is because of the bank holidays, stuff going on, local elections. It's Thursday, but it doesn't feel like Thursday. It's very strange. Three bank holidays in May has kind of thrown me for a bit of a loop. And like I said, the coronation's happening, but also not happening for a lot of people. It's, in our local area, we had a big parade that was unfortunately washed out for the Queen's Jubilee. And I was expecting a similar kind of thing for the coronation. Everyone's like, no. So it's kind of put my head out of kilter. I've been in two supermarkets in the last week, right? I was in Asda and I was in Waitrose. And in Asda, it was wall to wall, bunting, special offers, you know, the coronation hot cross buns, like you name it, it's going on. And in Waitrose, it just didn't exist. Oh, really? And I was really surprised because it used to be almost the other way around, or both at least. Whereas Waitrose, clearly their more middle-class market, don't care. Right, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And in Northern Ireland, apparently, my mum sent me this story, the DUP have been writing to Primark to say they, they haven't got enough Union Jack t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they just haven't got enough. <laughs> <laughs> They've been an encountered. I bet they have been an encountered. So as I said, coronation's coming up today, as we record this, is the local elections. I voted before recording here, Diane voted before coming here. I guess we'll start getting the results coming through as you guys are listening to this. But we we're just talking before about how kind of a strange situation it is as well. I had to walk further than I thought to my local police station. My closest polling station isn't the one, apparently, and I was there for a good, a good 10 minutes trying to find my name in, <laughs> in the system. Okay. I just got a polling card and said, oh, I know where that is. It's going to be that one because that says polling station, but I didn't actually check the address. But yeah, Diane, how was it for you? Then it tells who you voted for, obviously. But... <laughs> no, still a secret ballot, Kobe, but um, yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but yes, it was fine. Mine was just at my local school and very easy, very quick. The whole ID thing was just... A, mm. a guy, you know, at the door took a little glimpse and, you know, it was all very easy. So in both the stations I went to, the first question was, you got your ID? <laughs> um, maybe not as vicious as that, but, it, you know, it's obviously it's, it's kicked into place. I want to talk about my polling. Oh, I thought you hadn't polled. Well, I haven't yet because, and the reason I haven't is that I make a point of taking the kids with me. Oh, fantastic. So I vote after school just so they get used to the idea that you just pitch up and vote. You know, I give blood because my mum used to tell me to give blood when she gave blood. And I think just getting people into that practice 
of these things. I think it can be very influential later in life if it's just something that you do. I think that's highly commendable. Guys, do tell us about your polling stories. Did you bring a dog? Was there dogs out there? The polling dogs of Instagram used to be quite a big thing during the, all the major elections, but not sure how prolific it is during the locals. But do tell us uh, the stories. Send a message to the guys on the Instagram and other social media channels. But let's head to the main part of this podcast, the top posts. This is where we review and discuss the top posts on the Instagram feed. Tatten, let's kick it off with you. Well, in at three is a fascinating post about about Labour policy. We aren't seeing Keir Starmer move Labour further and further and further away from Corbyn and that period. It absolutely blew my mind listening to Keir Starmer talk on the Today programme on Radio 4. And he said that they're not going to raise taxes on the top 5% earners. They're not going to tax the rich more. And he said the reason for that is because under this Conservative government, we've got the highest tax burden for 70 years. And he doesn't think it's fair to tax more. You would just always think that the Labour policy would be to tax the rich. And again, he said that with the current high taxes, the rich are paying a lot of tax. Because, I mean, whatever you can say about percentages or whatever, if you earn a million pounds a year, a lot of that, 45% of that's going to the tax man. So his argument is they're paying enough and we can't add to the current tax burden. He said he was going to scrap tuition fees just two years ago. And now he's saying he won't scrap tuition fees. He said he would nationalise the energy companies, and now he's not going to nationalise. Nationalising the energy companies is just a hugely expensive thing to do because they're privately owned, and you have to buy them at market rate from the French government. Like EDF is a French company. It's owned by the French government. You can't just say, we're having that. You've got to buy it. And he said that the benefits would be tiny because you'd still have to pay charges, high prices. It wouldn't doesn't work. What they are going to do, and they've announced this previously, is set up Great British Energy, which is a nationalised energy firm, and they will just compete in the marketplace with these other companies. And hopefully, I suppose, hopefully over time, everyone moves to them kind of more organically than having to put out all that money to start with. I like the idea of that side of things, especially if, they, if their portfolio of places they get energy from include green options, for example, and the price is competitive, then I feel that people will naturally go towards them. They like say, why not? If they are shown to be a decent, worthwhile contender. But also on that side of things is, he did say a windfall tax on these energy firms which I think, fair enough, not tax the, the top earners even more. But we need to recoup the tax and there'll be a lot more support for them to tax the super large energy firms. And we've had announced this week that BP have, you know, again, record profits. So five billion pounds. Yeah. But the problem with the windfall tax, as I understand it, and, and, and I'm no tax expert, but the, the, the problem with the windfall tax is that it's a one-off. So paying for things that will happen over time, like they say they're going to use the windfall tax to pay for new nurses, but then the doctors and nurses they hire will presumably stick around for a bit, and that windfall tax will run out. Well, it says proper windfall tax, doesn't it? So is that word proper doing a lot of work? Yeah, because there is there is an energy levy, isn't there? Yeah, they don't think it's proper. Well, they say that no money at all has been raised mm, from it. Interesting. Because there are so many loopholes. They kind of said it would happen, but they're not getting anything at all. So he's saying proper because he would force them to pay for it. 
I've talked about the things they won't do anymore, but he was also quite keen on some positives, which I think it's important to mention as well. He says the focus is going to be on growth in all areas of the country. Now, this government are talking about levelling up, and he's saying that doesn't go nearly far enough. So they want devolution, have more power held in more areas of the country. He's really keen on regulating sewage because that's a big topic at the moment. And the Conservatives absolutely did one over on Labour the other day. Labour tried to force a vote that would show that the Conservatives didn't care about sewage. But the Conservatives managed to surprise Labour with an amendment that meant that they were going to do the right thing. And then Labour didn't turn up to the final vote on their own amendment and they scored a massive run goal. It didn't really work. They had all the attack ads ready that said, your Conservative MP voted against regulating on sewage. And they still went out until they were cancelled a couple of hours afterwards because they just it didn't occur to them that they would mess up in the Commons in that way. And then Great British Energy. And then, again, when rather than buying rail companies off the people that currently have them, when the, each contract runs out, then we'd nationalise the railways. So we are still talking about nationalisation of energy and rail companies, but kind of slowly, 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 rather than kind of buying them all, taking them back now. Diane, what was the second most popular post? Okay, in it too. We talked about that strikes were going to be big again and pay offers and strikes and all that seem to have been way more prevalent in the news again over the past week. And in it too was news from a meeting of an NHS staff council. Now, this is quite a complicated one, if, if I'm honest with you. But we'll try and break it down. And if I'm completely babbling, just stop me and we'll try and explain it a bit better. But essentially, for most NHS workers, so if we take out dentists and we take out the junior doctors and doctors and very senior managers, most NHS workers received a pay offer from the government, okay? The unions who were striking, we have, you know, physiotherapists, ambulance workers, paramedics, nurses, all of those guys got a pay offer, okay? And it was for a lump sum, a kind of consolidated lump sum, depending where you are on the pay scale, it's roughly a couple of thousand pounds, that lump sum. And then a 5% offer for 2023-24. Okay, so that's what the government put on the table for most NHS workers. And the unions voted on that because NHS unions, there's quite a few. So the different unions went out and put that to their members. Some of them said, yes, they, they would accept that. Some of them said no. So it was kind of split. It split that kind of united front of the NHS a little bit. And it all basically came together on Tuesday. A staff council met, which is basically, they oversee all the NHS unions and they look after the agenda for change pay scale in the NHS. So if, you, if you've ever worked in the NHS or you know people who work in the NHS, the agenda for change pay scale is really how people move up and down through the pay grades. And this staff council has basically oversight of all of that. And because most of the unions said yes to the offer, they have said they will accept it and they will apply it to the agenda for change contract so everyone will get it. And they're going to try and get that through for June. So people will get this consolidated lump sum and they will get the 5% even if they 
didn't agree with it. And that's a really tricky situation and kind of puts things in a little bit of a difficult light now for for nurses, for example, are one of the prime ones because they're one of the, the biggest numbers of staff, right, who voted against it. Pat Cullen, who is the head of the Royal College of Nursing, she has said, despite what happened on Tuesday, and she accepts it was a majority thing and it happened, she, she's described it that the RCN are still in dispute with the government. They will still ballot for further strike action because they're not happy with this 5% for 2023, 24. And the reason that she gives and goes back to the original reason for nurses striking is that she feels and they feel that in real terms, they're still 20% lower in pay to where they were in 2010. So that 5% to them is still not acceptable. So it's not the end of strike action, but it does make it a little bit trickier, I think. Oh, it's super tricky. Diane, I think you've explained that like, really well. As I said, it's a tricky situation for people and there's a whole level to the striking negotiations that I would never have even anticipated. Yeah, I mean, strong work. I just, I just, all I wanted to agree it, it really is how difficult it is to strike once you've already received the pay rise. When that money's in your bank and everyone else has accepted it, Pat Cullen makes a very compelling point, but the public are going to find it quite difficult to accept that their treatment has had to be cancelled when they've already got a pay rise in their bank, when they're already being paid more, when they've got a £2,000 lump sum, which will be taxed. And, you know, I'd like, I'm not saying it's the right deal. It's just a really difficult situation for the RCN. Okay, on to the most popular post of this week, Tatton. This is a very different story. The Welsh government, who, I mean, Wales is relatively small. So the Welsh government have the opportunity to try things out in a way that maybe England don't. And they've told schools that badges, school-specific badges and logos, shouldn't be mandatory. So you should be able to buy all your school uniform for cheap and not have to buy the expensive blazer or the expensive jumper. And it's going to help with the cost of living. It's going to make it cheaper. If you want to buy secondhand uniform, it doesn't have to be from your school. It can be from any school and it's cheaper and easier and will help with the cost of living. And the Welsh government will come for it. And the comments were mostly wildly in favour. Of removing the badge. Removing the mandatory nature of the badge. You can still have a school badge. You can still get a school blazer or whatever piece of uniform it is. But you can also, because money's tight, you can also just get standard ones without. From what I saw, this post was head and shoulders above the rest of them. What what kind of ignited the people in the posters this week and the, and the commenters? It's a story that speaks to real life experience. So a lot of the time we're posting about, you know, the post that came third this week was I found absolutely fascinating. I re-listened to that interview on the radio twice. I was happy as a pig in excrement, <laughs> right? <laughs> Listening to that stuff. And that actually got a lot of comments. Hundreds of comments, but it's not something that speaks to people's real life experience every day. So lots of our followers have children in school and lots of our followers have to buy expensive uniforms. And so it made sense to a lot of people. Now, some people didn't like it. Some people think it's nice to have that school identity. 
but generally, yeah, people loved it. And, and it's these stories that show what politics is and what politics can do. And it's about changing things, hopefully for the better. And that's really engaging for, for every audience. My slight concern with the removal of the school logos and allowing people to buy different uniforms for their kids or not is that one of the key reasons I like school uniforms is that it's a bit of a leveler for people within school. So whether you're rich or you know not well funded, everyone is essentially wearing the same school uniform. And there wouldn't be kids wearing the Armani versus kids who can only go to Topshop or, or, or low. And then this you know levels people out a bit. This seems to be then adding that layer back in there to the kids who have got the badges, i.e. potentially the kids who could afford it versus the kids with not. And that, that's that's a level that kind of, you know, it, it goes back to that division quite easily. I would have thought, hopefully, can they give provisions to provide cheaper uniforms for kids who can't afford it, you know, in the same way they're providing school dinners. I think that's a good point. And I think that as part of the Welsh government's announcement, they also said that secondhand or uniform exchanges had to be a thing as well. So every school is going to have to show that they've got some sort of provision for a uniform exchange or for being able to buy cheaper secondhand from from kids who have outgrown the stuff. So I think that's maybe a good way to do it. I did go to a private school, but my parents got a lot of my uniforms from the secondhand sales that happened at school. At the time, I didn't like it, but now I'm looking back and I'm like, well, that's sensible. Just spend the money on something else that makes more sense. Yeah, my kids love something without a logo. It's like stealth. I think it's quite cool. So <laughs> I think yeah, I think they quite enjoy it, to be honest. Before we move on, I should add there's no plans for this to happen happen in England. I don't, I've not heard of anything in Scotland, but the conservative ideology is very much branding, being proud of your school, being part of something bigger than yourself. That's everything they stand for. So this government will not bring in this change. I like the idea that you said of the stealthing there, uh, Diane. Yeah. The cool kids. Yeah, yeah. We'll have, we'll have the badges. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I reckon. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Okay, let's go on to the second section. That's the mailbag. That's over to you guys as the listeners and the readers of the social media channels. Uh, what have they asked this week? Okay, so I've talked a bit about strikes, but I think it's kind of over to Tatton maybe to, to give an answer on this one. Beth Phillips, who's on Facebook, who contacted us through there, she is basically quite au fait with all the industrial action in universities, okay? So, and she's basically saying that this hasn't had as much press coverage than other strikes. So we just talked about NHS and nursing, etc. And she said, you know, they've got things planned. There's potentially a marking and assessment boycott planned for the summer, which could affect things. So are some strikes more visible than others? Why might that be? The big three striking areas are trains, nurses, and teachers. So if the train guys are off on strike, then you can't get wherever you want to go. If nurses are off on strike or junior doctors are off on strike, you can't get 
the treatment that you need potentially things are cancelled the nurses are now talking about having fewer and fewer exemptions so cancer care might be cancelled right this is this is huge and the whole country can see that and then schools parents may need to take time off time off work and really how much leave do we get so if you're being forced to take a day of leave that's huge then there's the rest of striking action so we talk about driving instructors or driving test people. Now, how many people in the country will be taking their driving test on those set days? Don't get me wrong, for those people who are taking their driving test have been building for six months, eight months, a year to take their driving test that day, that's difficult. But most of the country doesn't really care. And then you've got civil servants who've done quite a lot of striking, but no one cares what civil servants are doing because we just expect them to be doing a good job that's what we want we want them to be doing a good job and universities again like it's so huge and university pay is so low i mean i'm not it some people work incredibly hard and get paid almost nothing but most people aren't doing exams at university University students not taking the exams doesn't mean anyone takes the day off to look after them because they're old enough generally to look after themselves. It doesn't have the impact. And do you know what? That impact thing is so big that in Los Angeles this week, the screenwriters, the people who write the scripts have been on strike. We know about it because it will affect our Netflix in the autumn, right? If it's not resolved. Right, We know about it because the people who do late night comedy shows in America didn't have jokes written for them this week. It's all about the impact on the regular individual. And do you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair that when they go on strike because they need to go on strike, they feel they have to do this. It's not fair that nobody cares. But that's real life. And when you're caught up in it, you don't realise that. Because if you're at a university and there's a thousand people or 500 people on a picket line, chanting together, getting support maybe of the students, car horns tooting as they go by you, it feels like there's more of a scene than there actually is. You feel like you're part of something big, but I'm really sorry, Beth, you're not. You're not part of something big on a national scale. So the pressure you've got to bring has to come from somewhere else, has to come from within. And I wish you all the luck, Beth, and I hope that you can find a pay deal that you can live with and live on, in fact. But it's a really difficult situation. There's a couple of points I want to mention here. First is that even though we're not seeing it in the news, as prevalent in the news as the NHS strikes are, these strikes will certainly still have its effect on the, on the right people. So the, the people who need to know about it will be taking note, right? So it's not it's not that's going unnoticed. It's just that the general populace have less visibility or understanding of it, partly because of the way the news cycle works. And a question back to Diane and, and Tatton is, how much of it depends on the people leading the strike? I'd say this as my, one of my friends is a train driver, but he's part of the Aslef train drivers union. And they've been far less prominent in the discussions versus RMT, pretty much because the RMT union seems to be a lot more out there than the Aslef people are. So, Kobe, I think to an extent you're right. If you've got a Mick Lynch, if you've got a Pat Cullen, they give better sound bites. They do better when you bring them on breakfast news. It's all an element of PR, isn't it? I mean, you've got to sell it. You know, the NEU, 
are still out there and Kevin and Mary who run the NEU. My partner's a teacher and she's always getting texts from Kevin oh. and Mary telling them what's going on. But without being aware of these text messages and emails, no one knows who Kevin and Mary are. That's down to them, I suppose. I, yeah, I do want to agree with, with you, Kobe, that whoever's employing you knows you're on strike. And that's what really matters. Public awareness helps. It helps your campaign without a shadow of a doubt. And that's why you get these firebrand union leaders who are professionally angry. And th they really help because they really put forward the outrage of the wage cuts or whatever it is. But your employer knows you're on strike. Your employer needs you to be working. So it does make a difference, even if it's less visible. Let's head on to see what Rishi Sunak has been up to. I saw a clip from PMQs this week and Sakir seems to be hounding him. I don't know how he responded to that. What I thought was amazing at PMQs this week, we didn't cover it on SP, is that Keir Starmer used his last question to pay tribute to the king and be like, go on, you coronation. And Rishi Sunak, he just wasn't expecting it. And he just attacked. He just attacked and said, vote Conservative at the elections. <laughs> Keir Starmer, you're awful. You're an evil man. Vote Conservative. And it, it was just this really odd mismatch because this is a Labour <laughs> leader being all patriotic and standing up for his majesty. It was unexpected. What else has she been up to this week? Yeah, I mean, everyone's about the elections. By the time this goes out, there are some results will be coming in. Who knows when you're listening? But as right now, it is polling day. Everyone is managing expectations. Because if you say, we're going to win 5,000 seats, and then you win 4,500 seats, everyone's like, well, you didn't make it, did you, loser? So if you say, well, there's this factor and there's this factor, you can do well. I've only seen the Green Party, Carla Denya, who leads the Green Party, co-leader of the Green Party, was like, we're going to win 100 extra seats. Was ah, like, oh, okay. cool. Yeah. Like, she's the only one I've seen. Everybody else is really playing it down. Yeah, no, she was a total mic drop. We're going to win 100 seats. Get out. That's what's happening. <laughs> I mean, the Lib Dems are talking up what they're going to do. Uh, and they're at a massive disadvantage because the last time these elections were held, they were really popular. They did really well. They did really, really well. So they will lose seats not because they've done a bad campaign, just because where they were four years ago. It's such a mess. There are 8,000 councillors being elected at lots of different places and lots of different ways, and 300 councils, and trying to create a national picture out of that is a nightmare. The fellow off the BBC from Strathclyde University, I don't know why I can remember Strathclyde University and not his name, He's like, oh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put them all together, and we're gonna make a number, and we're gonna say this is what it would be. It's like, well, I mean, you can do that. I don't trust it because who knows why people are voting. I'm gonna go and vote later, and I'm gonna vote for my friend. He's a great guy, and I'm gonna vote for him. Now that doesn't reflect how I might vote in the election. If there was a general election, you can vote on local issues, you can vote on national issues. It's such a confusing picture. So, yeah, this section's called PM Watch. Rishi Sunak's been campaigning hard. Everything's stopped now, and we're going to see what happens. There was talk a while ago that if Rishi Sunak had a bad local elections, he would be gone. Oh, yeah, there'd be some sort of the next leadership plot. 
That seems unlikely now, though, doesn't That's it? gone now. Yeah. That's gone. All that talk's gone now. The Conservative Party quite pleased with their leader at the moment. But it would be fair to say he's potentially bracing himself and the, and the Conservative Party for some losses. The polls, national polls, have Labour 20 points ahead of the Conservatives, that kind of thing. So if they don't lose that badly, he can come out and say that that shows the polls are nonsense. Spin, 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 spin. Labour need a big, big, big win to demonstrate that polling is real. And so if they win a bit, then Conservatives will say this has been a good night for us. Crystal Ball, final section. What will be the big stories that we're talking about in next week's episode? Okay, so I'm just going to be a bit frivolous because I don't actually know what's going to be coming up next week. But I do know that we will be over the coronation weekend. And I don't know about you, but every day the coverage has been ramping up and ramping up and ramping up till it's going to be like absolute fever pitch Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So I'm quite looking forward to the newspapers, the headlines, things getting back to normal next week when they won't be talking about Camilla corgis, things like that. Who knows what the news stories will be, but I just know it'll be something different and new and fresh. And I'm looking forward to that. Tatton? I think next Thursday, we will spend the whole podcast talking about Prince Harry's body language (laughs) when he was stood near someone else. Did they spit on someone? Did someone spit on him? <laughs> we're, we're being encouraged. It's just, it's so divisive. We're being encouraged to be on Team King or Team Harry. It's just at all the headlines. I hate it. No, next week uh, in Parliament, the illegal immigration bill is back. It's in the House of Lords. It's the first debate on it in the House of Lords. So they can't make any changes to it yet. So what they'll do instead is just stand up and say how terrible it is. Like the House of Lords, I'm going to rip this piece of legislation apart. It will then go back to the Commons and they'll put it back together. The House of Lords can only suggest changes, really. If you like it or don't like it, like the House of Lords changes won't necessarily go through. But no changes this week. It will just be debated and lots of members of the House of Lords will express their displeasure. Guys, thank you so much. As you're listening to this, you might know more about the local elections than, than we do as, as we record. Well, you should know more than, than we do as we record this. But I look forward to discussing the results next week and seeing how it manifests in the Simple Politics newsfeed on Instagram and everywhere else. And also, we talked about strikes a bit today. Again, thank you so much, guys, who run the, the accounts for keeping on top of that Monday chart that tells you what strikes are happening is very, very important. So even if you're not seeing things happening in the news, Diane, Tatton and Charlotte are on top of it, checking on a Monday and, uh, you know, give your support to the people who are striking. I'd just like to thank Charlotte and Diane for not striking. <laughs> SP work paying conditions are poor. So... <laughs> I found a loophole to get around that minimum wage thing. Yeah, so thank you very much. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's mostly because they're scared of me that they're not striking. So thank you, thank you very much for that. On that bombshell, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Thank you.
You just heard a stripped media production. <laughs>